Jake, the show is going to start in three, two, one, go. This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man, how the heck are you? It is the Monty Show. A sore packs and abs edition of the show this morning. Yeah. Decided we should, you know, get back in the gym, lift some weights. Yeah. I am so incredibly sore today. Me too. The summer shred is fully underway. Uh, We'll talk about that a little bit. Got to get to the NBA Finals tonight, Game 5. This whole conversation around where Steph Curry ranks among the Kobe's, the LeBron's, the Jordans, is it even a real conversation? Because I actually think it's a bunch of crap. I don't think it matters at all. And I don't think it's a relevant conversation while a guy is still playing. I just don't think you can define his legacy. But everybody wants to put Steph down. And they want to put LeBron down. We'll talk about comparing current guys to the goats and the greats and all that stuff. Yeah. Some guy got the uh, the nerve to have sex in a car. This Geico lawsuit. Dude. You lose. I'm telling you. But we are going to talk Utah Jazz, and we are going to talk Utah Jazz a lot starting right now on this here fine show. And you know that on a daily basis, generally we bring you um, the biggest stories in Utah sports. And right now, and it seems like for the last six months, that's been 100% Utah Jazz basketball. And that's why we bring it up so much. That's why we talk so much Utah Jazz on the show because the headline dictates that, the news cycle dictates that, and the ridiculous rumors about Donovan Mitchell, Utah Jazz stud, yeah. Donovan Mitchell, um, to just about every other NBA franchise is crazy. Is Utah Jazz star Donovan Mitchell going to the Miami Heat? Is Utah Jazz star Donovan Mitchell being traded to the Miami Heat? Those headlines permeated our Twitter feeds this weekend. (laughs) Permeated. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. And it feels ridiculous to me. And if you saw the picture, I tweeted it. Um, It's another one of these stupid Twitter accounts that tweets out rumors that are baseless. And Chris Brickley, the renowned skills coach who we've talked about so much on this show, that works with Utah Jazz star Donovan Mitchell on a regular basis had his birthday party this weekend. And Chris Brickley happens to work with the biggest names in the NBA, including Utah Jazz star Donovan Mitchell and Miami Heat star Jimmy Butler. Mm -hmm. They were photographed with Chris Brickley at his birthday party and a bunch of, you know, and I can only say short-sighted, ridiculous, idiotic people freaked out and said, oh, this is another sign. Donovan's going to the Miami Heat. I got like five or six DMs. Hey, Monty, do you think this means that Utah Jazz star Donovan Spida Mitchell is going to the Miami Heat? Hey, guys. Stop. This was a birthday party. It's, so Donovan Mitchell went to a birthday party with um, Cheryl Teagues, the model for Playboy. Is Donovan Mitchell getting traded to the Playboy Mansion? Like, that's the ridiculous level that we go to. And I know that I'm, I'm, I probably sound like a jerk when I'm saying that Jake, but I am just so over 
all of the clickbait and the ridiculousness that is going on with 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 the Utah Jazz and Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, what's really funny about this whole Donovan Mitchell situation and, and really even the Steph Curry situation with that conversation that we're going to get to, what we like to do in, in sports, and, and, and seemingly it happens a ton in basketball specifically, is we want to you know get ahead of the conversation. We want to say because Don is wearing a hat that said something like, you know, a better world is coming or whatever, that that was some sort of an inference to, hey, I'm going to go to the Miami Heat and I'm tired of playing for the Utah Jazz and I'm tired of being the front man in the face of the organization or, or something like that, you know? And I, and, I, and I think it just gets to a point where some of it is that we're bored. You know, some of it is that as fans, we're thirsty for, um, you know, uh, let's say a head coaching, uh, you know, head coach hire. We're, we're, we're desiring new jerseys. We want more news. So we're thirsty. We're on Twitter constantly. We're we're obsessing over whether, you know, the, the Utah Jazz are going to hire a good guy or a bad guy or whatever, you know? So I think a lot of it is that we're in the summer and we're thirsty. But I do think I have to agree that this is so, so much of a reach. This is so much of a stretch. This is so much of a, hey, I saw one picture of Don sitting next to you know, Jimmy Butler and Chris Brickley now automatically he's, he's, he's playing in, you know, Wade County, you know what I mean? And, and that's what I have trouble with. Donovan Mitchell's never said that he wants to leave the Utah jazz. Donovan Mitchell never said that he was unhappy. And then people are going to immediately say to me, well, he was unnerved. That's what the report said. Yeah. But did you hear that from Donovan Mitchell? Did you hear, did you, did we get a statement directly from his camp saying that? No, we did not. No, we did not. What did we get? Donovan Mitchell out on some Island trip, with David Alexander working on his body, you know, getting getting ready. You know, now what do we get? We get Donovan Mitchell with Chris Brickley and one of the best players in the world and Jimmy Butler, you know, chomping it up over dinner. Like, that's what I'm saying. You guys have to understand that, that these guys are human beings. And this is what I always come back to. We treat these guys like they're machines and that if they say, if they wear a hat that says something we don't like, that that means that they're gonna that they're gonna force a trade or they don't want to be here. Oh, Spider Mitchell's leaving the Utah Jazz. Like it's crazy to me. And oh my God, he was he was uh, photographed with uh, one of the New York Jets and hey uh, he's he's going to play linebacker. Yeah, he uh, he had dinner with uh, Saquon Barkley. Look at those thighs. Yeah, I just why the question is why. Why are we so thirsty for drama with the Utah Jazz? And I feel like that's where where some of this this lies and some of this starts because I also think that Utah Jazz fans are are a fan base that lives in pain and lives in drama. And why does it why does it have to be like that? Is it because you haven't won a championship? Is it because that you you are comparing Donovan Mitchell to a uh, Darren Williams? Is it because you're comparing Donovan Mitchell to Gordon Hayward, Carlos Boozer, like why can't we just judge Don based on what he says and does on the floor? Because ultimately, that's what matters most. What Donovan Mitchell says directly is what matters most. These idiotic Twitter accounts that tweet pictures and at birthday parties, to your point about these guys, they're just human beings. Yeah. I mean, Donovan Mitchell is just a human being. He's not a, he's not a, a basketball player. He's a guy that plays basketball for a living. But he's also a Mets fan. He's also a New Yorker. He also has friends. He likes to travel. You see him in Miami. You see him in Connecticut. You see him in Utah. Like, why Why are we so unwilling in, especially 
with Jazz fans. And and I think this is unique. Of all the teams I've covered, the fan base in, in Utah, whether it's for the Utah Utes, BYU, the Utah Jazz certainly, there is a certain expectation that the fans will be victimized. And I don't understand that. Yeah. Why do you think so many people create clickbait on Twitter about the Utah Jazz? Well, and specifically Donovan Mitchell, because yeah. I think this is the question. Like, I think Donovan Mitchell is somebody who nationally is is not quite understood fully. And I think locally, Jazz fans are like, hey, this guy wants to leave? Get his ass out of here. And he's never said that. And that's what that's what's unbelievable to me. And and I also think or I also wonder, like, is part of your is part of the fan base's, you know, vitriol or like moments of anger with Donovan Mitchell, is part of that that you don't believe in him or that you don't think that he can take you to where you want to go? Because it has to be some of it. Because if you take it at face value, if we stop doing the conspiracy theory stuff and we stop reaching to Area 51 for for thoughts on where Donovan Mitchell is going to play basketball, if we just take it at face value, what has he done? Okay, you got bounced from the playoffs in, in not a good fashion for you as a player. You didn't play well, in my opinion. Repeatedly. And then, and then you know, the offseason begins. And what do we get? We get him working on his body, understanding that he has to be better. So he goes to the islands. He gets away from basketball. He puts work into his body. Now what are we going to get? Well, we're going to get, hey, I need to link up with Brickley. And, hey, by the way, Jimmy's going to be there because me and Jimmy are our buddies. We're going to have dinner. And then how much you want to bet that we're going to get in the next two to three weeks? Donovan Mitchell is going to be in New York with Brickley. Because you know the Black Ops runs are coming, the runs at Brickley – uh, puts together for NBA players. Those runs are coming later in the year. So Don is Don is working on himself. Don is getting better. That's my point. If you just take it at face value, there's nothing that could be more further from the truth that than, you know, hey, he's leaving to go to Miami. That's that's where I'm like, okay, you guys are just are just reaching. So when I when I look at Don, I'm happy with what he's doing. I'm happy with 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 the fact that he's largely you know, stayed out of the, the drama. I think a lot of this is just manufactured by, by, you know, as you said, like troll or Twitter accounts and like, you know, like guys like, again, with all due respect to Sean O'Connell, that whole him or me thing that, that Don got tied up in with Rudy and all that. Don had nothing to do with that. And that's where I kind of get tired of the, of Don just being roped into this stuff. Yeah. I think it's easy to lasso jazz fans into it. Yeah. Utah jazz fans love being victims. And I, I think you just got to stop. I mean, if you are, if you're the guy that is just sitting up on Twitter being like, oh man, look at this rumor and look at that. What was the Rudy Gobert rumor you brought up this so morning? So there's a rumor going around that Rudy Gobert, uh, 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 air quotes, a possible trade scenario for Rudy Gobert to the Nets for Claxton and Ben Simmons. And my whole thing with that is, hey, maybe the financials do work on that. I didn't have time to, or energy or what effort is or want Simmons to. Ben Simmons is making a crazy so like, amount of money. Like, I didn't want to. Yeah, but so is somebody named Rudy Gobert. So the money probably does work, honestly. Right, but that doesn't fix your problem. Precisely. It does. You're, Precisely. You are going, if you made that trade, you would be a repeat offender of the salary cap. However, however, Come on. again, I, we should really save this conversation for later in the week because as we know, we're going to need it. They're making honestly. the same money, man. My point with this is just that the reason I brought that up and is because it's the same type of thing. Here's my point. We're going to get to Danny Ainge in a minute. This front office and Danny Ainge, once they hire a head coach, they're going to get into 
deals and making things happen. And I'm sure they're having the conversations and they're trying to put something together. But I just don't see a world where Kevin Durant wants to have a cumbersome center on his team, especially someone who is a starter. I just don't see that's not how Kevin Durant. Look at all the places Kevin Durant's ever played. Even go all the way back to Oklahoma City. Who did he have in the middle? He had Serge Ibaka, a mobile big. Excuse me. Excuse me. It's Serge Ibaka, please. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Well said. Yeah, I agree. Thank you. So, you know, that's so my point just is, is like all this stuff, like as a jazz fan, my advice to you is to not go down the rabbit hole right away. Oh, my God. One picture of Don sitting at a table with another NBA player and a skills coach. If I said that to you, hey, this is a picture of, you know, the star of the Utah Jazz, Donovan Mitchell, and he's just sitting at at a table with another NBA guy and a trainer. Would you say that he's he's he wants a trade and he he's asking out? What if that was Lou Dort who was also at that party? By the way, what if Donovan Mitchell and Lou Dort were photographed with Chris Brickley? Would you be like, oh, Don's going? He's leaving the Utah Jazz for the Oklahoma City Thunder. He's trying to go play with SGA. He wants to go <laughs> to the Thunder. <clears throat> you wouldn't though, would you? You're well, casual. Like it's so ridiculous. Anyway. So my point just is anyway. to wrap that up because we do need to get we do need to move on, but like. Just be careful, man. Don't don't just assume that Donovan Mitchell wants out because I don't think that. I think you got to stop with the everybody hates Salt Lake City. Nobody's coming here. Everybody leaves. Like you got to stop with that because it just it, it 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 may be true in different situations. It's not true in Donovan Mitchell's situation. We've been telling you that for months. Like he's never asked for a trade. He's never demanded a trade to the Knicks. Yeah. I love how it was the Knicks or bust for Donovan Mitchell. And now it's the Knicks or the Heat or um, whatever team I can think of. You know, like, just stop. Like, don't allow yourself. Yeah, don't allow yourself to fall into that. Really, seriously. All right, a couple couple of comments on this because then I want to get to this Danny Ainge interview. Uh, James Knight, good morning to you. He says, sup, lads. Sup, James. James, only one question for you, bud. Uh-huh. Where's the Forex gold? Yeah, we still haven't it? gotten our Forex gold Where that you it, owe, us, owe us like 10 times over. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Come on. Come on, James. Uh, Dante May, good morning, too. He says, good morning. Did you see the tweet about the new uniforms having a lot of purple, hello, and white? I don't know what color hello is. You know, it's <laughs> funny. I was talking to one of the jazz guys that I I, I talk to pretty regularly, um, and he is, he he – he claims that they have made some adjustments, that they have mm. – that this delay in releasing the uniforms was intentional to give them a chance to adjust mm-hmm. and to give them a chance to kind of take the temperature of the water. Because it's all part of the plan. We'll see. We'll see. I don't believe anything until the Jazz release the uniforms themselves. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I'm not going to buy into – I'm not going to buy into it. I'm not. I, I – those uniforms that we've been seeing pictures of are real. And and as we've told you now for a couple of weeks, they they wanted to release those uniforms during the playoffs, but the first round exit made that impossible. So they I think they are going to wait until the finals are over. I think that you could get that as soon as f- Thursday or Friday, depending on what happens with the finals. You get game five tonight, and then possibly you get an end to the series on Wednesday. Um, 
But yeah, I think that they have significantly altered their plan in, to release these uniforms. Yeah. And I think they, that's exactly what they should be doing. Tanner Plummer, good morning to you. He says, quote unquote, permeated. LOL, is that even a word? Yes, yes permeated yes, is a permeated word. permeated is a word, guy. You're college come on. educated, bro. <laughs> come on. Uh, the, I think the reason why people keep being wrapped up in these alleged rumors is because they have no idea what's going on with the Jazz. They don't have connections within the organization uh, like you guys do. But that's why you rely on media members that that you trust and have a track record. And uh, everybody has somebody that they believe in. And whether that's us or Tony Jones, I would caution you, it's us or Tony Jones. I think that we have been pretty consistently on the spot with our jazz stuff for you. I would just caution you, like, tweets from NBA Central. Yeah. Why? Why fall into that vat of, of death? Dangerous misinformation. I just wouldn't do it. Giggity, what's up with you? Uh, Neville93 says, good morning, guys. What is everybody crying about now? Is it always jazz fans? <laughs> yeah, casual. I love how that was phrased. What is everybody crying about now? Yeah, jazz fans and victimhood go hand in hand. I agree, Mike. Come on, man. Very true. Uh, Ryan Buckley, good morning to you. Mitchell Harding, hey, what's up, man? Good to see you. He says, yeah, here we go with the you guys are casual guys coming in, fellas. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. Jeremy Bolton says, whoa, look who's back. Jeremy Bolton. Well, well, well. Buys a new car all cash. Don't have time for the Monty show anymore. Yeah, I guess not. Yeah, good to see you, I guess. Yeah. We're on to Cincinnati. Yeah, we get it, bro. We get it. You've moved on. <laughs> right? What's wrong? The Hyundai Kia... Uh, Veloster thing, SUV stuff that you bought doesn't have Wi-Fi enabled Bluetooth YouTubing stuff. Yeah. Anyway, Jeremy Bolton says, whoa, guess who's back? Back again. What's up, everyone? Good to see you, Jeremy. <laughs> I'm glad you're here. Uh, Tanner says the Jazz fan base is one of the most gullible fan bases in sports. I don't know about gullible. I think the Jazz fan base is emotional. Yeah. And there's been a lot of tragedy in well, I this mean, would fan you, base. Listen, would you not be emotional if the last time you were truly relevant in the league before this current current, you know, core of guys was around was what, twenty years ago? Fifteen years ago at the earliest? Yeah. Like it's been a while. Like, you know, I, I think that the trouble is is that you went I was over the weekend I was looking at like just trying to gain a respect for how long Quinn had been here, you know, and how long how long Rudy yeah. and Don and all these guys have been together. It's been a long time. And I think that we forget about that. Like, I think we lose not intentionally. It's not a choice we're making. I think it's just what happens. We lose an appreciation for just how damn long these guys have played together. Like, like I understand why Donovan Mitchell or, or even Rudy, I mean, Rudy's agent straight up told us that he would be open to, to a trade scenario. Not that he's asking for one, but he's open to one. And I understand yeah. that. Bro. And what we've reported for six weeks now is that Rudy Gobert has told the jazz that he wants to be here, but that he feels like he's a scapegoat for the defense. He feels like he's not valued on offense and that he would be open to relocating to another NBA city. Yeah. Um, not that he's demanding a trade, not that he even wants a trade, but he is open to the idea that maybe what's best for him in the Jazz is that he get traded. Yeah. And I think you know that when you get paid the way Rudy Gobert got tr paid, you know that a trade is in the future. Yeah. I mean, you either put up and you win right away, or you become an albatross with that contract. And I, I think that's just the... The harsh reality of it, you know, and and that's why the Ben Simmons rumor is such is so ridiculous. Yeah, it the dereliction of duty that it would take to acquire Ben Simmons right now 
with all of his injury issues, with all of his his battles that he has fought so publicly with mental health, yep. um, that the Nets have supported him on to 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 bring him in with all of those issues, with all of the money that he makes, he makes the same money that Rudy makes, would be an absolute dereliction of duty for for Danny Ainge. Yeah. And it makes very little basketball sense. Ben Simmons, before he has any tangible trade value, would have to show that he can still play basketball on a consistent basis at a very high level. Yeah, He's not shown that for over a year. He hasn't played an NBA game in over a calendar year. Crazy. You can't make that deal. So going down the rabbit hole of Ben Simmons to the Jazz just makes no sense. It makes no sense. And I think Danny Ainge is a much better steward of Utah Jazz basketball than that. I, I truly do. Yeah. Speaking of Danny Ainge, I want to play some of the sound. He did a he did an interview with the Utah Jazz website last week. And this this here particular soundbite that we're going to play where Danny Ainge talks about the Utah Jazz and the attractiveness of the Utah Jazz as an organization. I think there's a little bit of uncertainty of what direction the franchise is going to go right now. And so there might be some uh, hesitancy, but I don't think, um, I mean, based on the first 24 hours after uh, Quinn stepped down, uh, there's a lot of interest in, there are many, many coaches out there that would, would die to have this job. Boy, that gives you a little pause. Danny Ainge from utahjazz.com. Yeah. That gives you a little bit. Like, uh, just play the first five seconds again. Listen to what he says about uncertainty with direction. I think there's a little bit of uncertainty of what direction the franchise is going to go. Oh, Ooh. Right. Yeah. Like, that's not the best thing you want to hear from your, you know, your president of basketball operations. What like, I, I mean, what I what I will say, I agree with that. I mean, it's not great to hear Danny say that, but what I will say, and this kind of goes back to, you know, the exit press conference that Quinn and and Ryan and and Danny had. You know, I really appreciate when when the media and organizations are blunt about things and honest about things. And I think Danny is being honest. Like, I think Danny understands that. Hey, Quinn Snyder. Quinn Snyder is a very much as a respected head coach in this league. And anytime a respected head coach steps down, the next guy that you're going to hire, the candidates that you might bring in or the people who might consider, you know, coaching the Utah jazz. Yeah. There's going to be some hesitancy because you want to know, well, why did Quinn step down? You know, in what direction are but we going? But do you have to so blatantly? You're the CEO of the Utah Jazz. Yeah. Dude. Do you have to so blatantly say like, yeah, there's some question about the direction? I think the there's direction. a little bit of uncertainty of what direction the franchise is going to go right now. What? Yeah, I don't want to hear that from Danny. I, I don't want to hear it either. But I have to say, I'd rather him be honest than than give me coach talk. Which, by the way, by the way. I have to give Danny Ainge a lot of credit. He did a ton of coach talk in this interview, and he is really good at it. He did, and, and Danny's no rookie. Danny knows how to go yeah, about dude. answering <laughs> questions. Like, um, and if you listen to him here talk about, uh, you know, what is the timeline for hiring a head coach? It was about six weeks in the process of hiring Quinn, and I think we're in a similar boat. We have a, a lot of staff that's under contract that, you know, is getting an opportunity to do more. I think Alex is going to run our summer league and and, and is, will run all the workouts for that. And so I think we're in really good shape right now. So I think we can take our time. And Are you at all surprised? Because what that says to me is what we talked about last week on the show. Yeah. Alex Jensen is a candidate out of respect. Yeah. Alex Jensen is not a candidate that they're seriously looking at to be their next head coach. Yeah. Um. So I think when you look at 
who they're talking to. You know, I, I, I think that they are broadening this list quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, Frank Vogel is a really nice interview. Terry Stotts is a really nice interview. Well, I thought you made a great point when we first talked about this, that that not everybody they're hiring, or I'm sorry, not everybody that they're interviewing, they're interviewing with the intent to hire that Correct. person for the head coaching slot. I think, uh, to your point, like, I think if you could lock up, a, you know, as an example, like a Frank Vogel or someone who's got a lot of experience in the league and can bring a ton of value as, like, a lead assistant, that's really valuable. And that's why I say, like, a lot of the a lot of the shows in Salt Lake over the past, like, 10 days or so have been talking about the fact that the Jazz are interviewing essentially everybody under the sun, it seems. And I'm with you. I think that's the right way to go about it. Absolutely. Why would you not? Why would you not have the conversation? How is that at all a negative? Yeah. When you're, I mean, because what you're doing is you're you're bringing in guys that know your team, and at the very minimum, you're going to ask them, "Hey, what did you what do you think of our club? What do you think of our players? How would you use Donovan Mitchell? What do you think of Don's game?" Like you're trying to get intelligence from them on how the the rest of the league views your team and your players. And by the way, you're also knowing, and it is my firm belief in what sources have told me for two weeks now, um, going back to when we were reporting that, hey, Quinn's going to resign, there's a good chance he's going to resign. Going back to through that period, they're going to hire a young assistant, and I think they're going to hire Johnny Bryant's the guy, but I think their preference would be to hire a, a diverse candidate which tells me a young candidate that is that is black, um, that is a, a candidate that says the right things, fits into their vision, and and can meld this roster into a a, a continuing a continuation of Quinn's work, but take it to a higher level. Yeah. And then you 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 integrate their hey I'm going to make this deal or we're thinking about changing this guy and that guy, and you're bringing in a coach that you can you can plug into the roster that you envision here and play a style of basketball that you want your team playing. Because one of the things that you get when you keep a guy like Quinn Snyder as your head coach is you're playing his system Yep. because he's an established veteran head coach who's taken into the playoffs pretty much every year he's been here. The last six seasons. Yeah, I mean, he is – that's his style. But what you're doing now by hiring a young coach – is you are hiring a guy that you can mold and you can grow and you can develop and who will play a style that you approve of, that you bring in players to fit a system. And I, I can almost guarantee you this team's going to play much faster next year. They're going to continue to shoot threes and they are going to be much, much, much more reliant on pick and pop and three and D guys. Yeah, They're not going to be reliant on high pick and roll, lob a dunk to Rudy. And I think that's why you want to have all of these voices coming in. I would not be surprised if you see that Mike D'Antoni is going to interview uh, with the Utah Jazz. Yeah, I, I would think you have to. I would not be surprised by that. The, the, the biggest issue, in my opinion, when you hire a Johnny Bryan as your head coach or, or whoever you want to point to Charles here. Lee. Ch- well, Charles Lee got a promotion, oddly enough. And one of the things you also worry about when you interview guys like Charles Lee is, well, Charles, okay, we're going to interview you. And Charles is going to use that interview as leverage to become the associate head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks and get an extension. Yep. So is Charles Lee still a candidate to be the head coach of the Jazz? I would think he is. But his situation got a lot more secure with the Milwaukee Bucks thanks to the Utah Jazz. Yep. So I just think this is a larger process. 
I think Johnny Bryan is still your number one candidate. And I have no problem with six weeks being the timeline. But I also think that Danny Ainge is doing a great job handling this process so far. For the, the first foray of Danny Ainge really having his hands on something of, of, uh, of tangible value, a coaching search. Yeah. That Danny didn't handle the trade deadline. That was not his baby. I will say, not to cut you off, I think they did a poor job of expressing that like to the the fan base. Not to say they need to come out and say, hey, Danny's not controlling the trade deadline. Yeah. But we didn't get anything about like who who you know who was like Justin Zanuck's role and like kind of how the dynamic we was. We haven't playing. gotten any description of what Danny Ainge is doing for a living until the the resignation of Quinn Snyder. Yeah. And uh, from that, you know, really from, I don't know, when the season ended, I would say forward. Yeah. Now you kind of understand that Danny Ainge is running basketball operations. He is truly fully involved, fully onboarded as the CEO of the Utah Jazz. Yeah. And I think that's why you're seeing that he's so involved. And, and by the way, it's no accident that Danny Ainge sat down and did a one-on-one -on -one interview with Utah Jazz, the Utah Jazz website. Yes. That, that was no accident. And I think it was really well done. It was really well scripted. His answers were, were, you know, put together ahead of time. The questions were put together ahead of time. It was handled how you would expect it to be handled. Well executed. Note it wasn't Ryan Smith because Ryan Smith, in my opinion, you know, has to be really careful with how public facing he is. Yeah. Danny Ainge is the face of Utah Jazz basketball today. Yeah. As he should be. And when you hire a new head coach, that head coach becomes the face of the Utah Jazz. That that when you put a roster together and you trade Rudy Gobert and you bring in whoever you're bringing in, that core group of players becomes the face of the Utah Jazz. And more to the point, it elevates Donovan Mitchell to the singular alpha male yeah. of the Utah Jazz locker room. That's what you're seeing. That's what you're you're watching the evolution of this Utah Jazz organization. So it'll be interesting, but I think that was that was very well handled. Nothing yes. in that interview was shocking. Nothing in that interview was new. Nothing in that interview was was at all surprising even. Earth shattering. Nothing. You know, like this like was making this was an attempt and a very good attempt and a well executed attempt by the Jazz to kind of shift the news cycle. Yeah. And I think it's one of those things where you have to figure out now what is going to happen going forward because mm -hmm. I think Danny Ainge is very good as a spokesperson. And I think Danny Ainge is, is the exact right guy to be put in that position. So totally, I liked what I heard in that interview. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, Vegas was calling my name, you casuals. Made some cheddar cheese. Oh, good. I'm, I'm glad, to hear, glad to hear you What's walked out of there. What's your favorite game in Vegas? What do, you, do, you just, do you just put bets on teams? Or like, what do you like to do? You don't do anything. So I don't think you're qualified to have I don't, this conversation. I'm not a gambler, but I'm just curious what people like to do, man. You won't even put money on a, uh, in the sports book. Nope. It's it's ridiculous. We got we got too many other things happening that I'm not able to speak on. But at even this when time. we didn't have too many things happening, you wouldn't do it. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, bro. Whatever. I, I can't I I can't confirm Whatever. Or deny these reports. What's up, Dane? Good to see you. Robert Smith says good morning from L.A. Good morning, Robert. Good to see you. Tanner says, well, considering how the Jazz continue to take L's on and off the court, I understand why Ainge is being blunt. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, are they are they taking L's on and off the court? I don't necessarily agree they're taking L's on. And, I mean, yeah, they lost. Obviously, they lost. So, I mean, there's no getting away from that. But, but I, 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 I don't necessarily believe that losing losing Quinn Snyder has to be a loss. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think it was either. And I, and I think that you know everything. I mean, it came straight from Quinn's mouth that it was just time. I mean, you know, Danny referenced that in this interview a couple of times and like you know you've heard Ryan Smith talk about it like again this is what I would say go on just go on YouTube and just like do a search for like Quinn Snyder or Utah Jazz Highlights or something around Quinn you're gonna get videos from like nine years ago bro like it's been a long time that he's been here and and I understand that it's never great to 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 you know lose a, a head coach like Quinn but at the same time, I don't necessarily think it needs to be categorized as an L. I think it needs to be categorized as, hey, this is the end of an era in Utah Jazz basketball, and it's time to start a new one. And I think, frankly, for Donovan Mitchell to thrive and for this team to go where you want it to go, that needed to happen. Honestly, like whether it was Quinn going or a Rudy trade, or there had to be a major piece to this puzzle that changed and ultimately changed a couple of pieces. So I don't think it was an L, but... That's just me. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what 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 happens. I mean, it, it's it's really a matter of who they hire and who they trade for. Yeah, and who's here and who's not. I mean, again, if you look at the 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 likely trade scenarios, you know, I I still maintain that Rudy to Toronto, Chicago, or Atlanta are you know is is if he gets moved, I think it'll be to one of those three teams. Um, I and I think it's all about what you get in return. I will again say it makes almost no sense for the Jazz to trade for, you know, in Chicago, Vucevic and somebody else. Yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense um, because you're not getting Io DeSumo from the Bulls. Yeah, you're just not. Like I, I look at the Toronto Raptors. Do you truly think that they're going to trade their best, youngest players to you in return for Rudy Gobert? I don't. I think you're going to have to take on Pascal Siakam's contract. I think that's not what we're about. I, I mean, it just and it depends on how much they value or what they're how married to Pascal Siakam they are. But you need a legit wing player who can defend. Yeah, and that's probably more OG Ananobi. Are they willing to trade, you know, multiple young wing players to get Rudy Gobert? I don't know. I think in Atlanta. I mean, I I think you're certainly you would have to take back Clint Capella's contract. Yep. Um, and I think he's got I think he's got three years left around twenty million dollars a year. You could do that, but who else are you gonna get back in return? I'd much more rather have John Collins than Clint Capella. Yep. Uh well, I don't Hawks know. want to move John Collins too. Yeah, are they are they gonna give you DeAndre Hunter? I don't know. Be nice. Uh you know, like I mean so it just depends. It you know, it's not a loss. Quinn Snyder's not a loss if you bring in a Johnny Bryant and you trade Rudy Gobert and you wind up with a Vucevic, uh, Devontae Green, and an Io DeSumo. Yeah. Is that likely to happen? No, it's probably not likely to happen. Yeah. You know, so it's just a matter of what you turn guys into. Again, I would simply ask, are you turning Boyan Bogdanovich into Tyler Hero? Maybe we can have that discussion. Are you, you know, are you moving... Are you moving Boyab Bogdanovich to a to a Eastern Conference contender? I wouldn't mind trading Boyan Bogdanovich to any other team in the NBA. Just tell me what we're getting in return. Yeah. You and know, that's like, always what it is, too, I feel yes. like. You know, it doesn't it's never what 
and I guess this is the old adage. It's not about, you know, getting knocked down. It's about how you get back up. Like, it's not about Quinn leaving. It's about what you do um, with what you have now and, and, and how you shape, you know, what this team's going to be. And, and that's why I say, like, whether, you know, because if you're just tuning in, we started the show by talking about, you know, the fact that, you know, Donovan Mitchell was at this table with Jimmy Butler and Chris Brickley, and everyone was like, oh, he's going to leave the Utah Jazz. And, and, and whether he's going to from the Utah Jazz to the Miami Heat because he's at a table with Jimmy Butler because of this one photo that certainly must mean. Yeah. Three fourths of this is inaccurate. Yeah, it I think it's just uh, my point just is, is that whether it's Quinn or Don or or Rudy or whatever, I think we just got to be careful with how far we go down the rabbit hole and we need to be patient and, and let Danny paint the picture because yeah. that's what he does. Yep. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says played some craps. Some blackjack. See, Couldn't play go. as much as I wanted because was with the family, but played a little. Man, I the best crap story I can I can tell you is again me, Will Smith, and Ben Napoleon Wilson in Vegas, and Ben Wilson is just destroying the craps table, winning ungodly sums of money. Right. And watching Ben Wilson be as hot as one could ever be playing craps at the Palms was amazing. <laughs> like good times at the Palms, man. Yeah, Ben good Wilson times. taught me how to play craps at at the Palms. Yeah. I lost an F ton of money. He won an F ton of money. Yeah. It was remarkable. It was remarkable. It was one of the greatest trips to Las Vegas ever. I believe that's the same trip I threw up all over the bathroom rotunda yep. at the Palms as yep. well. Yep. Could yep. be wrong. Rudy yep. Sanchez says morning fellas change can be good for everyone if even if it's uncomfortable at first. Absolutely. Because I'm a big believer, whether you're in sales or you polish widgets for a living, um, that um, getting out of your comfort zone is where your growth is, you know, and, and doing things that you're not, you're not wanting to do, but you, you do them because you know, they're the right thing to do. Trading Rudy Gobert is not necessarily something that you want to do, but it's the right thing for this team to do. It's absolutely the right thing for this team to do. You cannot continue to pay the luxury tax because don't forget, you get hard capped when you're a repeat violator of the luxury tax. Yeah. You know, when you, you get to that apron and you are, I'm telling you, it's not the right way to do business. So you don't want to necessarily give up a talent like Rudy Gobert, but you know, you have to. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Uh, let's see. Jesus Christ destroys atheism. Nice name. Okay. Uh, I've seen some different trade proposals, and one of them that sounds legit, they're talking about Rudy to Atlanta for Capella, as well as DeAndre Hunter, who they really like, and one other player. Well, I mean, again, not to be redundant, we just talked about that, and we've talked about it for the last couple of weeks. DeAndre Hunter is a guy that um, you have to have if you're going to make a deal with Atlanta. Yes. I mean, he, the, the, the John Collins, uh, Clint Capella piece is not the starter. That's the cherry on top. I am telling you now, DeAndre Hunter is the minimum requirement in a trade with Atlanta. And Atlanta is going to be reticent to give him up. They're, and they, as they should be, because he is a very – the thing that I like about Hunter is he's a defender. The guy yeah. can – you can put him on the Jimmy Butlers. You can put it like Luka. How different is the Jazz series if, if – if the Jazz have DeAndre Hunter guarding Luka Doncic. Very different. Very different. Can't take advantage of Rudy at that point. Right. So my point is, I think you are in a position where, and, and, and that's a really good point. If you have, if you have John Collins and DeAndre Hunter instead of Rudy Gobert, if, if you have that and you pick and roll, John Collins is more capable of defending the three-point line than Rudy Gobert is. Yeah. 
which in today's NBA is is a prerequisite. Um, let's see, Rudy. Say, Whoa, hey, comment dump. Jackson Graham. Good morning to you. Jazz aren't in a spot to make big moves. We don't have assets that are uh, are on contracts that make sense. Well, I think. Rudy Gobert has tremendous value around this league. I mean, and this is another one of those things. I was talking to a radio host in another city who called me and was like, hey, man, what is going? What is the truth about Rudy Gobert? The truth about Rudy Gobert is he's got tremendous value around this league. Toronto values him. and I, I can tell you I know a ton of people in Chicago who all tell me the Bulls would love to get their hands on Rudy Gobert. Yeah. Because they're a team that is not currently playing basketball because they can't defend. And Rudy Gobert makes DeMar DeRozan. He makes Zach Levine. He makes Io DeSumo. He makes Devontae Green. He makes every one of those players a better player. Yeah. A better defensive player. Yeah. So they would love to have him. Do the Jazz have draft assets? They do not. Do the Jazz have young players? They do not. But what they have is guys who can be the cherry on top of a championship equation. Yeah. And I think certainly Boyan Bogdanovich is that guy. Uh, there are three particular teams in, in, I think, Dallas, the Lakers, and the New York Knicks that would love to have Mike Conley on their roster. Mm -hmm. I think Mike Conley's got a little bit of value. Boyan Bogdanovich has significant value. And Rudy Gobert has tremendous value around the league. But note that not one team is going to take all three of those players and hope to win with them on their roster together. Yep. Yep. That's the issue. Individually, you plug those guys into different teams and they have tremendous value. Together on this Utah Jazz roster, they don't. And that's just the equation of professional basketball. Yep. So I would disagree with you, Jackson, that, that they don't have the ability to make trades. The Jazz have the ability to make trades. It's difficult to make a trade at the trade deadline mm -hmm. in the situation that the Jazz are in. It's difficult to not trade Joe Ingles in the situation that the Jazz were in. They just traded Joe too soon. I think that contract could have netted them more. Yeah. It could have netted them more. The issue becomes, what are you willing to do to make a trade in the summer when free agency begins? Whose sign-and-trade deal are you willing to be a third team in to maybe offload some of your, your lower-level talent, right? What are you willing to do to trade Rudy Gobert? How much value do you need in return? Because he's got tremendous value. I don't. He's not a guy that you are desperate to trade for just any bag of basketballs. Well, and you can't afford to trade him for any bag of basketballs. Yeah, That's the I thing. mean – and this is the conversation we've had so often on the show. If you trade Bogey, Conley, Rudy Gobert, like Rudy Gobert is specifically people are like, oh, you're going to be terrible without him defensively. Do you think they're not going to get bodies in return? The guy is making on average $41 million a year. I think he carries a $35 million cap hit. Mm -hmm. You're going to get value in return. You, If you trade Rudy Gobert, the, the numbers have to work. So – Let's not sit here and pretend that you're getting nothing in return for Rudy Gobert because you are. Yeah. You are. And you, you, you need to understand that. Um, let's see. Tanner Plummer says, when I say Jazz are taking L's off the court, I mean nobody respects the Jazz and people like to roast them on TV and in social media. I mean, wow. look, I, I, is there a respect factor at play with the Jazz? Yeah, because you haven't earned anybody's respect. You ha you've collapsed in the playoffs three straight years. You lost series that you should have probably won three straight years. And you paid a ridiculous contract to Rudy Gobert. They, 
I think Jazz fans have come around on that. There's nobody in the NBA who thought that was a good deal. Mm-hmm. There's nobody who who would have. I think Dennis Lindsay is one of the few executives who would have given Rudy Gobert that deal. I just and and the limitation on this team has always been their ability to look forward, to project the impact of moves they're making, not for the present but into the future in the next three years, and that Rudy Gobert contract. Cut you off at the knees. Yeah. And then the re-signing of, of Mike Conley damaged you. I mean, you've made some really bad financial decisions. So, I mean, that, that's that been your respect issue. Uh, James Knight says, do the Jazz retain Rudy Gay? I, well, now that Quinn's gone, I think it's a, it's a far more possible scenario. Fluid situation. But he was – Rudy Gay was so limited. His ability to – he never developed small ball. He was never able to fit into a smaller lineup. And I think Quinn showed you the last six weeks of the season, including the playoffs. He was trying to find lineups to get Rudy off the floor and just was not able to do that. And I think Eric Pascoe played some really important minutes in that Dallas series. But again, you're asking a guy who has a, you know, has a four cylinder to to run a drag race against a, a V10. <clears throat> like, that's not going to go well. And when you ask Eric Pascal to try and play that small ball 4-5, that's not going to go well. Yeah. So they need to retool. And I don't know that – I mean, Rudy Gay's got tremendous value, but as a veteran leader, he's got tremendous value. He, to me, is no different than Andre Iguodala is for the Warriors. Mm-hmm. He has that ability, but – what is his relationship with Donovan? I mean, I, I mean, somebody has got to grab Donovan by the 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 scruff of the neck and say, "Hey, you can't do that, or you can't say that, or enough with turning the ball over in the paint." Or who is that guy on this roster or in this organization? You I don't would think, think he's here yet. Well, I I would hope that it's it's Dwayne Wade on some level. I would hope that 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 Donovan and Dwayne have a mentor relationship. Yeah. But the player on the roster is not here. Yeah. Is not here. And I would love to see them make a move for like a Chris Paul profile player to to be able to go to Donovan the way that Chris Paul has clearly reached Devin Booker. You need that for Donovan. Well, Donovan, maybe, maybe they'll go out and get Kyle Lowry since Don's going to Miami, you know? Well, I mean, there is some there is some talk around the NBA that, that a guy like LeBron James, um, you know, and, and the other guys in this Brickley group, and I, I don't mean to keep going back to Chris Brickley, but that group of guys is incredibly important for that group of guys. That The Brickley clientele are all very close. Yeah, There is a, a big impact in that group. And guys like LeBron James, I mean, he has absolutely mentored Devin Booker. Like LeBron and Devin Booker talk on a pretty regular basis. And you look at what the Utah Jazz have on this roster, Donovan Mitchell, who is the Utah Jazz best and most important player, doesn't have that guy. Yeah. And so when you look at the Utah Jazz and you look at Donovan Mitchell and you look at where are the voices coming from, and right now it's very clearly outside of the organization, and in my opinion that's part of the problem, is you don't have a veteran player that he respects. Yeah. And you've got to change that. And whether that is going out and, and making a significant deal for a – and I don't even know who that is because I don't know that that player is available right now because if you look at the places that, that the Jazz are, you know, in my opinion, 
shopping, you're not getting that from Chicago. You're not getting that from Toronto. You know, you're not getting that like John Collins and DeAndre Hunter, Pascal Siakam. Those guys don't make that happen. Yeah. Right? The Going and getting a guy like a Chris Paul to put around Devin Booker is so hard to do. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to do. So I think when you when you look at Don and you look at the people that he's around, that Chris Brickley group becomes very important. And LeBron James is known to mentor a large number of people. And I think that I that's one that I'd be looking at. And I think, you know, the other guy that 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 has a, a lot of relationships around the league that people don't understand is Draymond Green. Draymond Green has a very large network of people that he talks to on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. He is well-respected in this league. And I think th- those are the kind of figures that Don has to find. He has to find those guys that can help him grow as a professional, that can help him grow as a man. He's a very young dude. He's a very inexperienced leader. And he is learning the hard way that when you don't produce on the floor, your leadership ability declines. And that's the that's the hardest lesson to learn in this game. Yeah. To be an elite, you've got to, and this is the Steph Curry conversation. Yep. Steph Curry right now, I think. And I've watched a lot of Warrior basketball. That's the best playoff performance I've ever seen out of Steph Curry. That that deal the other night with Steph in game four. And if you look at how critical game four was to the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. Do you understand the difference between being down 3-1 and 2-2? I mean, it is it, – it couldn't be larger. For Steph to put up that kind of performance, and I don't care necessarily about statistics, to hit those critical shots, to the two passes he made to to facilitate for a guy like Kevon Looney, to to get Clay in space, to intentionally draw two or three defenders because you're trying to make a pass, and then you make that pass and it leads directly to a basket. Yeah. The, the impact that Steph has had on the career of Andrew Wiggins, this is where Steph Curry's taken that big step. But can we stop comparing Steph to Kobe and Jordan? I mean, compare him to LeBron James, please. Absolutely. Yeah. They're in the same generation. They, they, are, they are absolutely co-workers. They are absolutely peers. And I'm taking LeBron James over Steph Curry. But I'm not having the Steph Curry, Kobe, Michael conversation because his career's not over yeah. and they played in two different generations. Yeah, and I think what's interesting is like, I think this for a lot of people, this is a, certainly for me, this was the first time that I felt like, okay, Steph has taken over this game. Yes. Steph is the reason why the Warriors are are 2-2 instead of 3-1. And I think that, you know, for so long, and, and, and it's unfortunate because I do think it, it may – ultimately it may hurt Steph's legacy when it's all said and done. But I think for so long people were saying, well, he's just a splash brother. He's and he had Kevin Durant, like he had a lot of help. And I think that's one thing that really helps LeBron. Like LeBron in his early days didn't have any help and he was able to do all this stuff. So that Cavs championship was ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And then, and then I also think, you know, LeBron being able to come back from down three, one on set, like, you know, so LeBron, LeBron, to me, clearly as an individual has the edge on Steph, but I, I don't think that we should we should certainly take anything from Steph. And if he wins this championship, because, again, I, that's the other thing that needs to be said. 
before we start throwing them in the GOAT conversation, win the championship first. Let's get the yes. ring secured. Then, okay, I'm open to the, all right, let's compare them to some, some historical grades. Well, and I also think when you look at what you're getting in this in this Warriors team, you're getting – Draymond Green is struggling mightily on offense. Right. Now, his rebound numbers and his assist numbers are fabulous. He's not scoring, which he has typically been the garbage guy who will clean up a rebound, put it back. He'll hit a, the occasional three-pointer. We haven't seen that from him. Clay has struggled mightily. He looks tired. And you understand that coming off of a rehab, like trying to play this kind of leveraged basketball is very nice difficult night. to do. He, he had did. A nice night. He did. But a lot of that was created for him by Steph Curry. Right. Right. You look at Jordan Poole's struggles to be relevant. Um, and the, the large length of time he's not been on the floor. Um, you look at the minutes that Steph Curry is playing and the impact that that he is making, and he's not getting help from the officials, which is the other big conversation. Um, and I think a lot of people have noticed it, that the, the home team gets the calls. And Steph, on three of those four, you know, you know, second half threes that he hit, those four big ones, he was fouled clearly on three of them. Yeah. And he didn't get any whistles at all. Well, and I think the one, the Jason Tatum one was the biggest one, and, and it's the biggest one because it is Jason Tatum. And and that's what I think is with really – With four fouls. Yeah, that's what I think – that's when I started struggling with the officiating conversation because I was like, okay, yeah, you're in Boston. Boston's going to get the calls. But at some point, you know, you're, you're going to come to a point where – where you got to blow the whistle on Jason Tatum there. I mean, that is him running into stuff. And I, and I just think that now as it heads back to to Golden State, I would expect the exact same thing to happen. Now, it won't. They're probably going to call it very even because they yeah. want seven games. But I would expect Steph to get some calls for sure. Yep. Uh, seven Mountain Time, six Pacific tip-off NBA Finals Game 5 tonight. Obviously, we'll have full reaction to that um tomorrow a couple more comments for you uh yeah it's joe ingles james knight says might be joe but i don't know i don't know i don't know the answer is i don't know i mean joe ingles was was the certainly the missing chemistry piece this year i think no doubt about yeah. it strange cloud says if the jazz didn't re-sign conley people would have complained that the jazz were cheap and wouldn't do what it takes to win a chip no one thought it was a bad deal at the time. Everybody thought it was a bad deal. Go back and watch our channel. Yeah, we said it we was. We specifically said that that was a huge mistake. Well, and we said that you were going to pay the price. And, and you are. again, you have to believe that they would have reallocated that money somewhere else. But I also think it takes huge balls to make a decision not to resign him. Yeah. And I think Ryan Smith was not in a position to not resign Mike Conley. Well, and I think Justin Zanuck isn't isn't somebody who's going to make the earth shattering move. He's not, you know, yay or nay. I, I, I think would that agree that's with not that. Who he is? Yeah, I, I there was no doubt. And again, I think everybody in the comments, if you you know, if you want to back me up on this, and it's on the channel, there's no doubt that we said Mike Con resigning Mike Conley was a huge mistake, and you were going to regret paying the luxury tax for him. Yeah, you regretted it when you played the Clippers, and you're regretting it now. Yes, because the guy, and this is what I always say: guys don't change their stripes in the second half of their career. If you were hurt in the first half of your career, you're going to be hurt in the second half of your career. Yeah, and if you look at the biggest moments that Mike Conley's had the ball in his hands, I'll take the three in the bubble. The ball didn't go in the hole, Thanks. and you're injured. You, you've had opportunities. I, Mike is a fabulous human being. He's a really good citizen. 
but his time has come to move on. Yeah. Like this jazz team, you have to make difficult decisions now. That's these, it, Skippy. Yeah. These are not your players. Yeah. Right. I mean, you have to move on and it, they're, it's difficult. You're going to be emotional. You love these guys. They're your jazz men. I totally understand that. But do you want to win a championship or do you want to have your best buddies on the on the club? You want to have those guys yelling, well, I got Mike Conley's jersey. Okay, cool, bro. Mike Conley's 170 years old and he plays 50 games a year. Pack shit. Let's go. He is not making shots in the paint. So what are we even talking about? Yeah. You know, like I, I just... I think at some point you have to – that's the brand of this show. We are brutally honest about your favorite player, whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. Whether you agree or disagree, we're always going to give you the honest truth about for real. your teams and your guys. Um, Neville 93 says, do you think Jordan Clarkson would still be a good piece for the Jazz? Yeah, absolutely. Anybody that can give you instant offense off your bench in this league and shoot the yeah. three at an incredible level, yes, I do. Jordan Poole. You have to have the balls to keep him off the floor, though, when he's not playing well, yeah. when he's taking reckless shots. or There's nothing wrong with saying, Jordan, hey, take five minutes and, and catch your breath because we need the ball going in the hole right now. And we need – the thing that happens with Jordan Clarkson is the ball stops moving. Mm-hmm. He is a black hole. You give him the ball and he shoots. And sometimes that's fine. Other times, you need the extra pass. He doesn't produce within the offense. He is his own offense. I would agree. Ruff's official says Terry Stotts would be the best choice to be the next head coach. I totally disagree with that. Um, I mean, what he brings is a veteran presence what as a coach. He, what, is he, what has he done besides been, you know, slightly above average, honestly? Like, if you, if you look at what Terry Stotts brings, he's going to yeah. bring reliability. He's definitely going to bring a good culture. But how is how is I mean if you're gonna if you're gonna if Quinn's gonna step away, and the Jazz have this opportunity to hire anybody that they want, essentially they can interview and they are as we said they're interviewing everybody under the sun. To me, in my opinion, not to say rough that you're a hundred percent wrong, but I do disagree as well. Like I think if you're the Jazz, and you're looking at the blueprint on how to build a championship contender, you know, right now the last two teams winning and playing are both teams that have younger guys as head coach. I mean, I know Steve Kerr isn't some spring chicken, but, you know, relatively speaking, he's a younger head coach. You know, he's not, you know, a a, a Popovich or someone who's much older. You know, he can relate to his players. Terry Stotts is a 500 basketball coach who's never won a championship as a head coach. Yeah. He was on the Mavericks staff with Rick Carlisle in 2011 when they won a championship against LeBron. Which, by the way, that was one of the best championships ever won. Yeah. Kudos Listen, Dirk. that's great. If he wants to be the lead assistant to Johnny Bryant, do it. But again, the guy that's the best hire for this is the guy who has the best vision and idea of development on Donovan Mitchell's game. Yeah. That's the best hire. And again, I will just say, I think it's imperative that he is a young black assistant coach that gets his first chance to be a head coach with the Utah Jazz. Yeah. I think it's imperative. I think it's absolutely imperative because in this league, it is a player's league. And if you look at the dynamic that is at play in this league, the guys that 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 win at the highest levels in this league, in my opinion, are, are young black players that feel comfortable and warm and welcome in their organizations. Thanks. Those guys play at the highest level. Mm-hmm. And so when you when you look at when you look at Ime Yudoka in Boston, 
he, that perfect example. I look at Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr is arguably the best head coach in the NBA right now. And he's an older white guy and he's the anomaly. I look up and down the, 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 the rosters over 50% of this league uh, now employs black head coaches. Yeah. And I look at the best teams in the Western Conference and I look at Monty Williams coaching the Phoenix Suns. Tyron Lue. I'd love Tyron Lue has proven himself to be a very good coach. I would love to have Monty Williams as the head coach of the Utah Jazz. He's currently unavailable. Yeah. And so I look at like the interview with Jason Terry, I think is a very wise interview. Yeah, I guess it does beg the question who's gonna be the next guy? Who's gonna I be still not think the it's got I still think you you have to have somebody that knows Donovan and there's only right now there's only that one guy. Yeah. And I think that's why Johnny Bryant's probably got the inside step, but I, I don't know. I think this is, this is going to be a very difficult coaching search to read. I, I really do. And I, I think this, this jazz team has to get out of the nineties and you've, you've got to play stylistically the way that teams play when they win a championship in this league. Yeah. Look at the Warriors and look at the Celtics. They run, they gun, and they defend. Yes. And this team doesn't run, and they don't defend. They can Fast. shoot the three with the best of them. They don't defend, and they don't run. They yeah. play a very plodding, slow style of basketball. And I think that'll change, no doubt. Yeah, I that'll think it change. has to. Yeah. Uh, a AJ Rich Young says Mitchell is gone, LOL. Okay. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says stop with the Gordon Hayward and Ben Simmons talk. Gordon is way past his prime. And is just an injury prone as Ben Simmons and Zion fattest Smith's son. Wow. Okay. Wow. I think Gordon Hayward lost the best of his career when his leg snapped in half. Unfortunately. <laughs> Gnarly. I think he and I think it was his first game with Boston. First game in Boston in Cleveland. Goes to dunk, breaks his leg. You know, like I, I just think it's Gnarly. one of those things where it that that's the unfortunate part. Uh, James Jensen says, so we need more black players in Utah. Never going to happen. I didn't say you need more black players in Utah. That's not what I said. I Why think, do we do this, man? I, I like, don't <laughs> understand this. I, I don't understand it. You need the best players. What I said was you need a young black head coach because your best player is a young black player. And he, in my opinion, is is a guy that is a dynamic thinker, Donovan Mitchell, is a dynamic thinker who I think has been capped by an organization stuck in the 90s. And th unfortunately, that hasn't changed with Ryan Smith. And yeah. it has to change. You cannot be LHM's Utah Jazz. Those days are over, right? Like, it, it, those days are over. You yeah. have got to move off of the big center that wants the ball with his back to the basket into – a, a three and D tenacious defending athletic team. Yeah. And that's going to require a coach that can develop Donovan Mitchell. That's going to require Donovan Mitchell to be a man about his development this off season. And from everything we've seen that's happening. Yeah. So I, I just think it's, it's incredibly important. I, I really do. A couple more here. Uh, Mitchell doesn't want to be there. He knows he can win or come close to winning a chip there. He Nobody can, said that, bro. Don's never said that. Yeah, AJ Rich Young, I don't know where you're getting that. He's never said that. We have talked to people very close to Donovan. Um, he they have never said that to us. Yeah. He is we, we you can't I mean, you can say a lot of things about this show. We have rarely been inaccurate about the Jazz. We have not heard 
from anybody at the Jazz that we talked to that he has asked for a trade, yeah. that he has said he's unhappy, that he is, we have not heard that not one time. He has never demanded a trade. Not once. Not, and frankly, the conversations have been from the Jazz to Donovan. Donovan's never said, we need to sit down and talk. Yeah. He's, it's never happened. So I don't know where you're getting that. That is that is your opinion, and I, I'm telling you from what, People in the jazz, NBA sources, and people close to Don have told this show that's never happened. I haven't even heard that one time from anybody. Notice you've never heard from Don's camp or anybody in the organization or any piece of news or whatever that's legitimized. Like you've never heard from Woj that Don's asked for a trade. You've never I, heard I, that. Like it's not happened. Yeah, and I I don't think yeah, we'll see. Proof is in the pudding, right? I mean, Leonard Don and Endelove says, what about Mike D'Antoni? I think they would be crazy not to interview Mike D'Antoni. We talked about this last week. Um, when when Charlotte made made it known or when Woj made it known what Charlotte uh, with Kenny Atkinson. Yeah. Um, who, again, because I like telling you how right I am, we told you he was probably going to get that job. And if the Jazz don't interview Mike D'Antoni, they're crazy. Yeah. I wouldn't hire him to be my head coach. I would hire him to be my lead assistant. He's and a brilliant guy. I would make him I would try to get him to be I would try to get him to be my lead assistant and a front office guy. Yeah. That's what I would do. I think he would be fantastic. You know, like I, I think it is, you know. Ruff's official says saying someone should be hired based on their race is a ridiculous take. Well, if you're in the tech world or if you're a manager at McDonald's, yeah, it's a ridiculous take. If you're a head coach in the NBA, it's it's not a ridiculous take. It's a relevant take. thing. It is absolutely this league is a relationship league. Yeah. And it, I mean, if we have to explain that the relationship between coaches and players, players and players, I mean, if you don't, if you don't understand how business is done in the NBA, I, I this is not the show where we have time to explain that in all honesty. Um, a rich young says very true about the team being stuck in the nineties. You'll hear it soon. I got sources. Okay, great. Everybody's got sources. Let's hear Don demand a trade. Let's hear Donovan Mitchell or his agent come out and demand a trade. Let's hear it. Because I'm telling you, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. It, it, not this season. I, I mean, I, I the A, they're not going to trade Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. They've made that very clear. And B, Donovan has made no indication that he is he wants to be traded. None. I think, yeah, I would be that that would be shocking. Okay. Please make sure you check out our affiliate links in the description below. Yes. By the way, yes, I saw somebody earlier in the comments ask about uh, whether or not we were giving away the PlayStation 5. Yes, we're we're zooming all of a Very sudden. Very close. We're at 4,600 on the dot. Very close, man. 4,600 subscribers on this channel. When we get to 5,000, that would be 400 more. Um, we're going to give away a PlayStation 5. I'm pumped. All you have to do is hit subscribe. Give us a thumbs up and a like. If you're watching the show right now, please give us a thumbs up. It really helps the channel grow. And when we get to 5,000, we're going to pick one of our subscribers and we're going to give you a PlayStation 5. It is that simple. Now, if you want to help yourself, you could, you know, do a variety of different things. You could buy a shirt. You could, you know, I don't know, take a picture with uh, the Monty Show sign or something or I don't know, get creative. I mean, hey, you know, you want to help yourself stand out? You can do that. Yeah, hey, if you want to buy one of our shirts, just hit Jake up on social media, SLC Supercars on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, SLC Supercars for Jake right there. Okay.
Yeah. Let's talk about air travel. Yeah. Because air travel is just about back to the levels it was before that thing happened. The thing that we can't talk about you, that YouTube hates. You drink bleach and stick a light up your ass. Yeah. Um, that period of time where you cover your face and take a thing in the arm and stuff. The coronavirus. Yeah, sure, Chris. Thanks. Uh, that YouTube won't let us mention by name anymore. Yeah. Um, but the point is, air travel is back just about to those levels. Right. Right. Are you traveling more by air? I... I am, I'm open to it. I'm currently not because my wife won't let me. What's the anxiety level right now around the thing we can't talk about? Huge for me. Um, you know, again, my, my, we don't, we used to play basketball six days a week. Pick up. We don't do that anymore. I don't do that anymore. Yeah. Uh, because of the thing we can't talk about. Right. Um, I wear my mask everywhere I go. To Everybody the, gets a test. To the point where people glare at me. Right. I don't care. The mad mug. It's real. I wear my mask everywhere I go. Because if you look at the rate of infection, the rate of infection is way up. And Utah is one of the hot spots in this country. Right. I even hesitate to say it. But my wife just got back from a trip to the Pacific Northwest for business. And we have at-home COVID tests. Mm -hmm. um, I just said the word. Uh, we yeah, have can at, you not say the word that we we're allowed to say? At, at home testing. My wife has tested three straight days, and thankfully she's negative. Affects me. But like, I, it just makes me nervous. I, I I have gone years without getting the thing. Right. Right. Without getting the thing. So when it comes to travel, how do you feel about airplanes? Uh, I'm not thrilled with. But I'll wear my mask, and I know it's gonna you know annoy some people. Right. Uh, but I'm going to wear a mask on a plane. I'm going to wear a mask when I go into Mobetto's or Cafe Rio or Chipotle. Um, the gym. The gym. I wear a mask every day when I go to the gym. And people routinely stare at me when I wear a mask lifting weights. It is what it is. Yeah, I think, I think you know, the, the folks in Utah are definitely judgmental around masks. There's no doubt about yes. that. Um, I think yes. that travel, I don't know, man. I just think when you're around a lot of people, like this is what I've, I've always said. It's situational. If you're going to be around a ton of people, you should wear a mask. You should, yeah. you know, like if you're if you're going to the store on a random you Rando, know, like please. Wednesday night at an odd hour and no one's there, you probably what? There's a spider on the wall. Dude, you're 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 Kill inter it. you're interrupting my take. Right, but that spider is going to come and carry me away. Kill that damn thing. I hate spiders. Jesus. Why have there been so many spiders lately? Because it's getting warm out and they come out of the ground. Stupid jerks. Okay, it's dead. Can we get back on track now? Yes, thank you. Yeah, all right. Mrs. Monty would you, you, actually... You going to be okay? No, I'm not. Okay. Spiders hate me. I'll and, try to stay calm and not curse. And I hate... Well, I will try to stay calm, but I can't promise you. Yeah. I hate spiders. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I wear my mask everywhere I go. I'm routinely the only one wearing a mask in the gym. Uh-huh. Uh, I am in Cafe Rio the other night. Did you wear a mask? Uh, no, because I didn't have one. I wore a mask. Yeah. I, I, I'm the only, I usually am the only one wherever I go that wears a mask. I'm pretty much the only one ever. Uh -huh. And I don't care. I don't feel self-conscious about it. Like it's to the point now where wearing a mask, I sometimes forget to take it off. Like I'm in uh -huh. the car driving down the road and I'm like, oh, I still have my mask on. Like, <coughs> I just don't care. Right. I'm going to wear it because I, I worry about it. So as far as travel goes, I cannot wait to get back on a plane and travel. But somewhere. there are levels to the mask game as well. 
for you. Like, you know, for a plane, you'd probably wear like a full-on N95. Yeah, no doubt about it. Right. No doubt about it. You, I think on an airplane, you have to wear an N95. At the gym, I wear a, a 32-degree mask. Yeah, the ones which is a cloth Which is a cloth mask. But you do need to do some other things with your mask. You're not washing them regularly. Right. I, throw, I, I, I like to throw mine out and just, I, I'll wear it for a couple of months, throw it out, buy a new one. But that's not how, like, the, the mask thing really actually... You you are supposed to only wear it once, wash it. Yeah, but then, that, I think that's not practical. Like you know, so maybe wash them every once a week. Maybe you yeah, know. I'm lazy. The yeah. But you know. but by the way, I just go based on my experience, and my experience is that wearing that same mask, I have not gotten COVID, and thankfully you're not allowed to say that no, word, I'm, dude. God, I said it you again. You can't say the word. YouTube is going to kill us. Um. I have not gotten the thing that you have to wear a mask and, um, you know. You haven't uh, gotten sick. I have um, not gotten sick in the entirety of the thing. Right. So I'm going to keep doing what's worked for me, which is I take my vitamins every day. Right. I wear a mask everywhere I go. And you know. I, I've, I'm triple vaxxed and, you know, I'm, I'm, that's just me. Yeah. And as far as air travel goes, I'd love to, uh, you know. We're, we're going to wind up taking another L.A. trip soon. I don't know. Are we going to drive or are we going to fly? Um, we're going to Huli. 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 We're going to um, Kona and Maui in September for Mrs. M's birthday. Um, I'm going to wear a mask. Um, I'm going to hell or high water. I'm going to Norway next winter to snowboard. I'm going to wear a mask. Uh -huh. Like I am. I'm going to go join Stanley Tucci in finding Italy. I'll Italy? wear a mask. <laughs> finding italy <laughs> but i'm not gonna i you know, we're at a point now where i just don't think anymore you have to stop living your life well i think what the, the real the real question is at what point do like for i think a lot of people it's like at what point do we stop being so concerned about the thing we can't say that's what i think a lot of people are curious about you know? i think we've gotten too un un vigilant we've lost <laughs> some of our vigilance towards the thing we can't say um, because people are getting sick. People are still dying. It's crazy. Like, I, and we don't talk about it very often, uh -huh. but I think we're at like, I don't remember. I should look it up before I say, it, but people are still dying. Now, again, I'm not telling you not to, not to do your thing. Yeah. And this is the tough part about it. Like, I think it's a, it's such an opinion based thing, like, like, or such an individual thing. Like you'll say, Hey, people are still dying. You should be masking. You should be, you know, taking all the precautions which i don't disagree with but then another person would say well yeah sure people are dying but when you put that in the proportions you know that's not very many people you know so it's just it's a difficult conundrum i guess yeah and i i it just i'm 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 ready to get back on a plane i mean i i don't most people are not wearing face coverings on a plane mm. i mean again mrs monty you obviously you um you just got off of a plane so there was about I, I wouldn't say that, uh, yeah, okay, it's not the majority of people, but there was a good amount of people wearing masks on the plane, in the airport. Like, I would say there was probably, I don't know, 30, 30 to 40% maybe. Mm. Um, I did see a lot more people, and I, I wear mask, my mask on the plane. The guy next to me had his mask on. Uh I well, the guy next to him was on oxygen, so um, okay, okay. Well, and it okay. continues to be a, a if you haven't gotten stuck in the arm a couple of times, that continue you continue to be the one that's dying. 
Right. I mean, and I'm at the six month mark and, you know, our good friends who give those okay. things in the arm still won't give me the shot. No. Nope. But, you know, yeah. it, it is what it is. I'm ready to live my life. I, I, like, I, and I think we have been. We've been going out to eat. We've been, you know, we've been doing those things. And the, and the numbers don't lie. Like, I mean, when you look at when you look at the the death, the rate of death, I mean, it's far it's far less than it was at the heights of the, the thing. Yeah, we're going down. Yeah. But I mean, you're still seeing people that are that are in the hospital because they they didn't get the, sh- the thing in the arm. Like, right. You know, it yeah, is what it is. The people who are hospitalized are overwhelmingly the ones who didn't. Yeah. Take those precautions. But I did travel last week and I met with uh, my entire team and it was really worth it. And, you know. But like, did you have anxiety while you were doing that about the thing? Was there anxiety or like, did you think about it? I'm definitely it? more careful than I would have been in the past. Yeah. You know, wash my hands a lot more. I was not sitting you know, squeezed in with everybody at, at during the, the daytime. Like right. we were in a gigantic conference room. There was enough room. Like we weren't having to sit and, and right. type the whole time. So you could be pushed back from the table. Yeah. We opened up all the windows in the conference room and left the door open to have airflow. Yeah. Um, you know, so, and, and you know, we, Seattle still requires you to show proof of vaccination for a lot of places. So, yeah, you know, you still have to show your proof of vaccination to go in. Um, no kidding. Yeah, they did that. You know, that was uh, last year. The first time I went to Seattle, you had to have proof of vaccination. Yeah. To go into restaurants, to go, you know, into anywhere. So there's a thousand cases a day in this state. Every That's not day. what I saw on the, the New York Times last night. There was 400 and... Yeah, I'm looking at it right here. The seven-day rolling average is 1,075, and this is from utah.gov. See, this is the other problem, you know? Like, yeah. so New York Times says it's like 400-something. Utah.gov says it's 1,000-something. Like, and, and the point of, to me is, like, there's still... That's still just not a lot of cases overall. You know, not to say it's not here, not to say it's not around. It is around, and it is here. Yeah, twenty twenty six point eight four percent of tests come back positive right now. Um, you know, look, I, I obviously it's not what it used to be. Yeah, thankfully. Yeah, there's one point three deaths per day according to Utah.gov. I mean, I, I it's it's time to get out and live our lives, but I still think we need to be vigilant. Yeah. So I would encourage everybody to wear their masks. I would really ask that people control their children because that's that was crazy. so gnarly. Yeah, at, at Cafe Rio last week, it's, I think we told you guys yeah. we had like a a hacking coughing. And child. there were like ten people who left. Yeah, left. a bunch of people left yeah. over it. Like, <clears throat> and I just think that you have to be more responsible than that. Uh, Strange Cloud says planes are a cesspool of disgusting air, but they also have incredible uh, <laughs> they, HEPA they, filters. They actually have extremely good uh, filtration. Is it is it not good to be sitting next to a person who's coughing? I'll still wear a mask when I fly, no matter what. <laughs> yeah. Just because I don't like having being surrounded by, uh, let's see, eight people. No matter where you're at on your plane, you at least eight people who are around you, and one of those idiots starts coughing <laughs> or sneezing, like. Yeah. Uh, Strange Cloud says, as someone who works in healthcare, I applaud you for not being a dumb anti-vaxxer. Appreciate that. Ken Williams, good morning to you, sir. Um, Ken says, masking don't work. Sorry, but they don't. If you're vaxxed, don't 
don't the vax work? Well, I've, I, it's also been six full months since I got oh, my last arm age shot. Age-old discussion. Dude, it's not the vaccine. They never said the vaccine prevents you from getting it. It prevents you from dying, yes, essentially. correct. Like, that's what and, – and this is what I mean. Like, uh, again, and I don't want to get into this – again, speaking of cesspools, the comment section on this I'm sure is full it is. of it. But, like, again, it the, nobody said you weren't going to get it because of the vax. What they said was is your odds of dying go way down very, very yeah. low. It, I mean, the, the vax doesn't prevent you from getting and COVID. And, by the way, the long-term ramifications of getting it are not good either. That's the other thing nobody talks about, which is another incentive not to get yeah, it. Yeah, there was another CBS News uh, Journal of American Medicine study uh, that talked about long haulers still are long hauling. Yeah. I just don't want to deal with it. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to be the one guy. And the price of being looked at is hardly a price to pay yeah. not to get it. Yeah. I, d I just don't care anymore. Yeah. I really, I really don't care anymore. And then of course, um, <laughs> there's this, these two lawsuits are crazy. So the first one is a really important conversation about the metaverse. Right. Right. Facebook is being sued and I believe it's eight States. Um, because parents are saying that Facebook, uh, and Instagram prolonged exposure to Facebook and Instagram by their children has caused depression and anxiety and significant mental health deterioration. And that Facebook, uh, meta on the whole is aware that this is an issue and they're doing nothing about it. Mm -hmm. Okay. I agree with that, but who's really at fault for that? Yeah. Who's really at fault for that? Because I would point at parents. And I understand that parenting children is very difficult. I think it is one of the most difficult jobs that we have in life. But you have to be held accountable for the decisions you make about your kids. And when you hand your kids a cell phone at 10 years old, that becomes their life. And when they say, I hate you, when you take away their cell phone, you still have to take away their cell phone. And I think when you allow your kids to sleep with their cell phones in their room, you're asking for trouble. You are. Um, one of my very good friends here in the great state of Utah forces their kids to charge their cell phones in the master bathroom. They have a little table that they set up next to the, the sink and they force them to charge their cell phones in that bathroom because there's no way for, there's no way for you to walk into their room and get your cell phone in the middle of the night, which, hey, charge your phone in the kitchen, stays in the kitchen. Well, come on. Like, I think those are the things you have to do. I yeah. I understand why this lawsuit's a thing. I just completely disagree with it. Yeah, well, I, I think the first thing that needs to be said is I think Facebook is doing everything it can do to stay relevant because it's going the wrong direction for them, number one. I would agree. Number two, I think this whole conversation around when kids get cell phones is definitely an important one. I mean, you got kids getting cell phones at like three years old, five years old, like eight years old, like, I didn't get a, I didn't even get a phone till I was like 15, you know, like I didn't, I didn't have a phone for a long time. So I don't know. I think that's a really interesting dynamic to it. I just think we're unwilling to have tough conversations with our kids. Like I, I think I did a lot wrong as a parent. I think one of the things that I got right as a parent was talking to you honestly and bluntly about women and sex. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, man, I, there's so many kids who don't get that conversation and it's why we wind up with a woman in a car having sex who got an STD and then sued Geico because they're the ones who insured that car. Some shit happened. This is the other one that's just crazy to me. So a woman <laughs> is in a car with a dude having sex. She gets an STD from the guy who happened to have Geico as insurance and she was awarded $5.2 million. <laughs> 
as a result of her lawsuit and contracting oh. an STD from this Dude. guy. <laughs> I, I just, I, I, that, that's not because of conversations with our kids. That person uh, obviously is like, that's an extreme case. Someone like said, who's responsible if I can't sue this person, where was I? Is it insured? Like, how does that apply to hotels? Like, I, I just feel yeah. like it's the most slippery slope. So now every single insurance company is going to have to rewrite their policies to say, hey, we don't cover if you are a ding dong enough to, to have sex with someone and get an STD. Just so you can go to pound town. <laughs> Missouri Court of Appeals Western District published an opinion in favor of the woman who alleged that she contracted HPV during a sexual encounter in the insured's vehicle in 2017. Oh, man. Genital warts? Bro. And you get $5 million? Um. Yeah, man. It is uh, not good. Insured ne uh, ne negligent negligently, easy for me to say, caused or contributed to the uh, cause to be infected with HPV by not taking proper precautions and neglecting to inform or disclose his diagnosis, despite, despite having knowledge of his condition. M.O. asserted that her then-boyfriend's car insurance policy covered her injuries and losses. What? And three courts have now agreed with her <laughs> and awarded her $5.2 million. <laughs> How do they come this. to that assessment? That's what I want to know. What well, damages? How is this is it, what like, I'm trying to understand. The damages are that she's got genital yeah. warts from so this guy. $5.2 million? Yeah. For Dude. past and future medical expenses as well as past and future mental and physical pain and suffering. Bro, those checkups must what? be expensive as hell. Yeah, man. Um, I it's I, I will say they, lawyers are lawyers. This is flipping brilliant. Dude, this is some well, and this is brilliant lawyering. Stuff. This is not a dumb person. This is a person who said someone's going to pay and I'm going to look into this. And they went, oh, shoot, loophole. Oh, this wait, is oh. incredible. Whoever came up with this lawsuit. Hey, man. Yeah, dude. I'm just tipping dude. my cap to you, bro. For real. Because you got five point two million dollars for your client. This is fucking America. I just think that this is unbelievable. I, I it's would, incredible lawyering. I, there's got to be that. billions of people a year who get I'm general sure. warts. Yeah. Well, how many people? Here's the thing, though. I'm And I need to be gentle about this. <laughs> how many people are having sex in a car? I can faithfully and proudly say at the ripe old age of 49, I've never had sex in a car. Uh oh Now... You know, You've had sexual drinking, activity in right, a car. Right, but I never put the Third car in the garage. Than hitting home runs. Thank okay. you. Thank you. I <laughs> never, like, actually hee-hawed in a car. You know what I'm saying? I don't get down like that. No, I don't. <laughs> now, that is not to say that the straw wasn't, you know, serving drinks. But, right, you know. Right. It is if I say it is. That's right. <laughs> I have never had, had full-on... Uh... And the other question is, how much of a stigma is this woman just putting on herself? Because we as men, of she course, will. She doesn't care. She uh, has 5.2 reasons to not care. Well, 30% of her less than 5.2 million. <laughs> whatever. Because her is. lawyer Either got paid. Dude, uh, okay. Yeah. Lawyer, Who cares? Like the government taxes, whatever. You're, you're a millionaire now. That's what matters. Yeah, dude. That's what matters. Because just, you didn't even get the, the, like, you didn't even get herpes. No. Like, you didn't even get, like, something that will never go away. Oh, so, so wait. If she had gotten herpes versus genital warts, that would have been worthy of a payout. 
Yeah, she'd only got like nine hundred thousand uh, instead of five million. No, I think that you would have gotten mm-hmm. more for for the herpolator. You can never get the rid herpolator. of it. The herpolator. <laughs> you can never get rid of it. It's never uh, going away. Now you're going to date assassin. other people who have it because you can't get rid of it. Boys, I'm telling you, put on a Jimmy. Um, How did this happen? I, like, that- this is craziness. Do we even know what kind of car it was? I don't. I mean, did they is get that down guy in even insurable anymore? Because oh my god, that kind of claim is going to really screw up your insurance Dude. rate. Can you imagine? Does Geico terminate his policy? If you felt these balls, yeah, just <laughs> does Geico terminate his insurance policy, bro? Dude, but does, he's going to have to go to Progressive or State Farm, man. Yeah, Flo. <laughs> hey, Flo, man, be careful with this one, man. I just feel like this opens up a can of worms. If if yeah, someone literally. goes to your house and gets an STD, is it now your homeowner's insurance? Um, like, how is it that, that Geico is responsible other than mm. that man took, I guess, an inappropriate action inside of the vehicle where he was insured? Oh, inside of the vehicle. Yeah, I um, you know, I can't even, uh, it just blows my mind. Yeah, yeah, we've heard that. Uh, I think it's remarkable that arts. Yeah, we we sue for again. Too much. The tip your cap to the lawyer because this is definitely a yeah a man. Hey, res- I I say it's respect. Yeah, respect. Put man. respect on his name. Yeah, like man. that's that's crazy. Yes. By the way, real quick before we get out of here, we still have not had the Ar- Arby's. Um, Wagyu burger. Yeah. Wagyu and beef. Yeah. Mrs. Monty lost her mind last night. Why? She's like, hey, man, did you? Um, Wait, that's Tanner. Yeah, that's Tanner. Honey. <laughs> hey, <laughs> did you see, honey, that they say it's a mix of Wagyu and beef? He's just a hack. She like, she's like, hey, did you see that? It said it's a mix of Wagyu and beef. Yeah, and there's no listing of the percentages. I'm yeah. betting the percentage is low. It's like because- 99.9 beef and like one-tenth of a percent Wagyu. There you go. Yeah. I would still be open to trying it. I, you I don't know even what? know where there's an Arby's. Couldn't even tell you. I mean, is, is there, there an Arby's around here? State Street, there has to be an Arby's around here. I don't know. I guess. I don't know. Uh, the only one I remember is by the old Amex building, the one that's uh, in Taylorsville. Redwood. Yeah, Taylorsville. And Redwood yeah. Road. Yeah, I remember that. You know. What are the comments section saying? Uh, Fat Jesus says, so I can sue loves for what I catch from their glory hole? You can. Wow. I, we just had a wow. glory hole reference on That's the show. That's Fat Jesus right there. Wow. You know. There's a large argument Fat. going on about who Jeremy Bolton's wife works for. Why? Because Ken Williams is the guy who said that masks don't work. And Jeremy Bolton says his wife... Um, is a nurse practitioner contracted with the CDC, and she says masks and vaccinations work. Yeah, they do. Well, they do if you follow the directions. The, number, yeah. the numbers say they do. Like, it's yeah. not in question. Yeah, you know. Uh, James Knight says, honey, new shirt, surely. Yeah, could yeah. be. Could be. We got a bunch of new new coming. I'm telling you, man. The stuff is happening on this show. Yeah. Uh, but that's all funded by our full-time jobs, <laughs> so so we must be uh, begin to... Damn. Yeah, leave. Time to work. We have to work. Uh, make sure you hit like on this show. Please give us a thumbs up if you're here right now. Thank you so much for being here every day. You guys, without you, we couldn't do this show. We appreciate everybody's opinion. Um, even if you wear a mask or don't, or whatever the disagreement might be. Thank you for being here. If you're listening on the podcast, bless you. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Give us a like. Hit subscribe. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.